0: providing you with health information and guests to elevate your health and life and help make your life better in 30 minutes or less. This is the Frontline Health Podcast. Welcome to Frontline Health by CenturionLabs.com. In today's episode of Frontline Health, we're diving further into ADHD during ADHD Awareness Month. Today, we'll be discussing the growing numbers of people seeking the ADHD label and how this could actually create a risk of medicalizing the human experience. As more and more people seek a diagnosis of attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, a debate among mental health specialists is on the rise about the implications of diagnostic labels. Are we pathologizing Everyday behaviors and experiences rather than addressing the underlying psychological issues? Let's start by taking a look at the numbers. We've discussed some of these numbers in previous episodes, but it's worth repeating some of the numbers associated with ADHD. In the UK, the adult incidence rate of ADHD is estimated at 3 to 4%, while for children aged 6 to 8, it's 1.5%. However, in the United States, the figures are significantly higher, with a 40% increase in ADHD diagnoses among children aged 4 to 17 from the years 2003 until 2011. One study actually showed over 20% of kids and young adults aged 5 to 20 were diagnosed with ADHD. This upward trend also extends to adults. In the U.K., they saw a 400% rise in adults seeking ADHD diagnoses reported by the ADHD Foundation of Great Britain in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic, while in the U.S., we saw a 26.5% increase in the diagnosis of ADHD across all ages. But the question really is, why is this happening? Some psychologists argue that we're living in a culture that incentivizes individuals to label themselves with illnesses, and the medical community seems very quick to comply as it continues to expand that criteria for diagnosing someone as ADHD. There are several reasons to think an ADHD diagnosis is a is an incentive for individuals. First, it allows access to ADHD medications, which we know from earlier podcasts helps everyone with focus and energy in the short term, regardless of whether they have ADHD or not. The second reason many psychologists believe there's an incentive to have this diagnosis is because it offers parents or it offers an explanation for many of the difficulties they face. It can also become an excuse for us as parents to explain away the reason a child does or doesn't do something where we say we he can't help it because he has ADHD. It's a big concern Because it means we're focusing too much on diagnostic labels and not enough time trying to help them with other underlying issues that could cause ADHD manifestation, such as depression or too much screen time or poor nutrition, stress, poor relationships, or even just individual differences. There's no doubt that our culture no longer lends itself to the ADHD type individual who's typically creative, thrives in variety, and loves physical engagement. Instead, we've become a society that is increasingly sedentary, works in cubicles, and has very little variety in our day-to-day tasks. Dr. Damian Wilde, who's a psychologist with extensive clinical experience with ADHD, understands the distress ADHD can cause, but believes issues arise when the diagnosis of ADHD becomes an integral part of a person's identity. People might start believing that they will always struggle due to their quote-unquote disorder, which can hinder recovery from otherwise solvable issues and create a victim mentality with an inability to move past and take ownership of areas in their lives that they could. I'm sure we can all relate to this issue, whether we've experienced ourselves with believing we can't change in certain areas of our lives Or if we've seen others who've become stagnant due to a diagnosis they've been given, and they just can't seem to move past this diagnosis diagnosis and fulfill their God-given potential. There is a large portion of therapists who work with ADHD and autism populations that offer a different perspective. They believe in personal agency and self-determination, arguing that individuals can and should take control of their conditions rather than relying on external factors for accommodation. They also highlight the difference between neurodivergence, which celebrates a brain that is different from the norm and believes this difference is part of the unique way this individual was created and that there was a purpose behind that creation and the neurodiversity movement, which is a politically motivated movement and aims to redefine societal norms to accommodate those with conditions like ADHD. Depending on which side you fall as an individual will really dictate how you respond to a diagnosis like ADHD. If you believe you were created with purpose and uniquely, you'll explore ways to use your strengths versus becoming focused on what others do for, will do for you in order to help you deal with your condition it takes all the power from the individual and starts to create an unhealthy reliance on society to deal with your issues Instead, if you can concentrate on the strengths of your mind and work to find ways to benefit others and see what underlying issues may be causing the symptoms you experience, it could be a major breakthrough or result in a major breakthrough that many others have experienced. So what happens when someone wants to reverse their ADHD diagnosis or feels they've learned to cope through different disciplines or diet and no longer want to live under the ADHD stigma, especially if this stigma has started to affect their lives with higher insurance premiums or loss of employment? Well, unfortunately, that process is not quite as straightforward as just changing one's mind. The diagnostic process is obviously complex and often involves multiple assessments, which makes it challenging to reverse a diagnosis. I believe many parents, while it may help us in the short term, would be a lot less likely to seek the diagnosis of ADHD in our kids if we knew the full impact an ADHD diagnosis may have on our kids' future like an increased insurance premium or the loss of employment opportunities. However, if you find yourself in this situation, whether as a parent or as an individual, I think it's best to first not beat ourselves up, but really work to find ways to help express those talents and giftings that help us see the value that many of these characteristics can bring to society. It may mean throwing out the cultural norms of college prep and going after things like a trade or skilled profession, or even feeding the entrepreneurial uh, beast that may lie within those children that you have or within yourself. It may mean finding ways to cope with other norms, like more discipline to work with someone to help you plan out a week or day ahead, which believe me, I understand is a difficult task. No doubt there are going to be failures along the way. And the diagnosis may not fall off quickly or even at all. But a few failures along the way and a sustained diagnosis with will pale in comparison to the value you're developing in your kids or yourself by understanding they or you are not a mistake and you will have created some resilience discipline, and perseverance along the way as well. As we wrap up this exploration into the growing use of the ADHD label, label, it's evident that there are complex issues at play. The rise in ADHD diagnoses prompts us to reflect on how we perceive and respond to these labels, whether they empower individuals or potentially limit their potential. Ultimately, the question remains, is the ADHD label the answer, or is there a need to dive deeper into the complexities of the human experience? That concludes today's episode of Frontline Health by CenturionLabs.com. I hope you found this exploration of ADHD and its diagnosis both thoughtful and informative, and also hope it will be a catalyst for you to take ownership of your health. If you'd like to learn more about optimizing your health, ADHD, or other health-related topics, you can go to centurionlabs.com or subscribe to the Frontline Health Podcast. Thanks for tuning in, and remember, go out today and take ownership of your health because no one cares more about your health than you. Until next time, take care and stay healthy. Thanks for joining us for this edition of the Frontline Health Podcast by Centurion, where our desire is to elevate your health and life. If you found benefit from this episode or know someone who could, please pass it along. We'd love to hear any feedback or questions you may have by emailing us at admin at centurionlabs.com. Until next time, remember, you are your best health advocate. So go take ownership of your health today.